Without having the projector, you now will discover the reason that most speakers use PowerPoint or something similar. It's for two reasons. One is we don't like being stared at. And the second is that we're not that much to look at, even if we have got some hair. So you're going to have to use your imagination this morning and um, uh, rather than just uh, staring at some pictures. And I want you to think about the sun. The sun is shining this morning, shining especially brightly over Chelsea at the moment and probably raining somewhat over half of Manchester if you watch the cup final. But have you ever stopped to think about the sun? It is a huge nuclear bomb. 6,000 degrees centigrade at its, uh, at its surface, something like 13 million degrees at its core. And every second it's converting some 600 million tonnes of hydrogen into helium and energy. Every second. It's got enough fuel to continue doing that for 4 billion years. And every second it's churning out the, equi the equivalent of 90 billion megatons of exploding TNT. It's powerful and much bigger, of course, than it looks when we see it in the sky. And the thing about the sun is that it never stops shining. When clouds cover the sky, it's still there. It's behind the clouds giving us daylight. When the world is turned, or our part of the world is turned away from its face, it's still shining. We know it's still shining because we can see the moon and the reflection of it. It's always there and it remains constant. There are four things about the sun, among many others, that benefit us. One is it's always there and remains constant. The second is that it provides light for us to be able to see around us. The third is that it helps to make us feel good by generating vitamin D, improving our sense of well-being. And it fuels life on earth. Without it, life on earth would be impossible. It's no wonder that some cultures have actually worshipped the sun. And scripture likens it to God. Psalm 84 For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose way of life is blameless. Now as Andrew is reminding us, today is Pentecost, the day when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to empower and enliven the church after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And those four things about the Son apply to the Holy Spirit. Don't get bogged down with ideas and problems about the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is simply God at work on earth in our daily lives and in our experience. Like the Son, He's always there. He enables us to see perceive spiritual realities. He brings peace and reassurance, the equivalent of well-being. And he's the source of our life and our purpose. 
And it's all there, or hinted at, in that passage we've just read from John 14. Now, Channel 4 is to launch at some point, soon-ish, I think, a new reality show in which participants only meet on social media, never face-to-face. There's a kind of big brother, only they're all in separate places. And the aim, according to the producers, is to see what people will do to become popular when they're shielded from physical contact. It's just one more sign of the sort of the loneliness, the isolation, the feeling of being insignificant that's becoming something of a debilitating epidemic. What will we do to be noticed, to be wanted, to be admired, to be popular, to be welcomed, to be respected? And the Gospel brings good news into that mindset of our contemporary culture. Jesus said, you are never alone. In John 14, Jesus promises, the Father will give you another advocate to be with you forever. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now notice about this, that the word that John uses for the Holy Spirit, translated advocate or counsellor or sometimes helper in some versions, is a word that's very difficult to find an English equivalent for. It's the word paraclete, which is sometimes uh, used in in conversation. It's it's translated advocate in some and and helper or counsellor. And it means someone who is called alongside, keep using your imagination, someone called alongside to help others, particularly in a difficult situation or in a legal situation. But we can extend that idea today. Think of buddy, mentor, advisor, counsellor, friend even. But the crucial difference is that this advocate, this counsellor, this helper, never goes home. He never switches the phone off. He always answers the door. Like a guide dog, he never leaves our side. Jesus is saying with the Spirit, you are never alone. But it's also important to remember that this promise isn't just restricted to Christian believers. The sun shines everywhere, so does God. Matthew, Jesus in in Matthew, reminds us that God causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends his rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. There is nowhere on earth or in space that is not graced by God's presence. So an Old Testament poet, Psalm 139, wrote, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Not sure if he wants to or not, but that's the question he asks. If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. And your right hand will hold me fast. 
doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what you've done or are doing, God is there. We may not feel him, you might ignore him, might not even believe him, but you can't get rid of him. He's still there when you feel under the cosh. And he's still there when things are going so well that you forget he's there. The uh, leisured ones among you may have heard Monty Don on Gardener's World this week. Just stop, he said. Just stop and be thankful. He didn't say it in so many words, but God is there. Remember him. But be cautious too when we start judging others because God is with them too. He loves them just as he loves you whether or not his love is returned and his way is being followed because he's still there. The second thing that the Son does apart from always being present is to provide light so that we can see the world around us. Jesus says in John 14, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now Jesus isn't promising the perfect light, the light of perfect knowledge, nor a clear answer to all our questions take a survey in any church, this one included, of how people understand even certain key Christian beliefs and you'll find a whole range of answers and almost everyone will claim that they have got it right. Exactly. What the Holy Spirit does is to help us to understand personally what God is doing and saying to us. Spiritual truth is revealed spiritually, not merely learnt intellectually. It's got as much to do with right actions and right attitudes as it has with right theology. So how does it work? Hugh Fernley Whittingstall recently fronted a TV series on tackling Britain's obesity problems. And one of the messages that came through from that was how resistant we are to being told what we ought to do even if it's good for us. You know what kids are like when they're told to eat their greens. So the team applied nudge theory. Now nudge theory is the, is the idea of encouraging something positive. You can change behaviour one small step at a time. So they put foot markings on the floor at a metro station in Newcastle leading to the stairs and over a couple of weeks as they counted people more people followed the footsteps and used the stairs rather than the escalators. Uh, a shopkeeper put the water instead of the sugary drinks at eye level in her fridge, in her shop and her sales of water went up 50%. Nudge theory works. The Holy Spirit nudges us rather than orders us. He nudges us towards making right judgments, right decisions, towards saying and doing the right things 
when you find yourself just in the right place at the right time. Or you say something which later, and only later, you realise has been helpful to someone. But we have to notice and follow those nudges instead of slavishly following our self-determined habits of a lifetime. And the challenge of the Spirit is, are we open to his nudges day by day, doing and saying the things he wants? And sometimes when we seem to be lost or things don't work out as we expected, it doesn't necessarily mean that we followed the wrong trail, that we missed the nudge. We might just have been led into a spiritual war zone while we're on active service. So the Spirit is always present. The Spirit helps us to perceive, to see what he's doing if we keep our eyes fully open. The third thing the sun does is to improve our well-being. We need sunlight for physical health. Getting outside on a fine day has been shown to often lighten people's moods, maybe help relieve anxiety. And in John 14, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit will radiate peace to his people, to his disciples. The worst uh, that, in fact, Andrew didn't read at the end of that passage, peace I leave with you, said Jesus. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. Now there's all sorts of different kinds of peace. There's freedom from conflict and trouble. There's the peace and quiet of a break from busyness. There's the task of peacemaking, of reconciling people. There's the peace of mind that you buy with insurance or replacing a faulty appliance. But the peace that Jesus is speaking of is a kind of spiritual reassurance. He's been talking in riddles to the disciples at this point in this discourse in John's Gospel. He's been saying he's going to leave them and yet he's going to come back in a fresh form. They don't understand. They're bewildered. They're confused. And the peace that he now offers to them is the reassurance that they will not be alone. That they will see and understand. That they are not forgotten. That God is ultimately in charge of their destinies. That means, in Paul's later words in Romans 8, neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the peace of God that passes understanding, a peace that is deeper, more lasting, more effective than anything that comes from a bottle. It's a peace that is a reassurance. You are not alone. The Spirit is here. One person who knew and demonstrated that peace was the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Again, use your imagination. You've seen the films probably, seen the photos of Nazi concentration camps in the Second World War. Bonhoeffer was imprisoned in one by the Nazis because he opposed Hitler. He was tortured, he was emaciated, 
He was hungry. And about ten days before the end of the war, he was executed. It just didn't last until the end. But a British soldier who was imprisoned with him wrote after that, Bonhoeffer was different, quite calm and normal. His soul really shone in the dark desperation of our prison. He seemed to diffuse an atmosphere of happiness, of joy even in the smallest event in life and of deep gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive. He is one of the few men I have ever met to to whom his God was real and close to him. That's the peace that Jesus offers. But it's not a commodity, it's a byproduct. The, The peace that supports us through daily life depends on our conviction that God is there, on remembering that he is with us, on noticing the Spirit as he nudges us to follow his steps. And that requires trust. And that brings us to the fourth thing that the Son and the Holy Spirit have in common. The Son is essential for life to exist. Apart from a few creatures that live in the pitch dark of caves and the ocean floor, almost all of life depends directly on the light and the warmth of the sun to thrive. Scripture shows that God is the giver and the sustainer of life. The Spirit moved across the face of the waters at creation and it's the Spirit who gives us spiritual life and purpose. Without him we cannot perceive God's truth. Without him we can feel that we're orphans in an age of no tomorrows. With him we're caught up into God's purposes for the world. But just as you're going to only benefit from the sun if you're actually exposed to it, so also we only benefit from the spirit if we're actually prepared to do what he says. John 14 says, Jesus says, because I live, you will also live. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. To know his presence, to perceive his truth and his leading, to experience his peace and thus to follow and know his purpose, we have to trust him and do what he says, assuming that it's not only for our benefit but also for the benefit of his long-term purposes for the body of Christ that we've been thinking about, for the wider world, for the building of the kingdom, purposes that are unknown and unknowable to us. The only way air travel is safe, basically across the crowded skies above the UK, I often sit in my garden and there are planes going over all the time in different directions, is for the air traffic controller to pick the flight path and for the pilot or autopilot to follow it exactly. And so it is in the Christian life. Jesus has given us a flight path to follow. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. But it raises a question. What commands? 
You remember that rich man who came to ask Jesus how he could inherit eternal life? If I was using PowerPoint, you'd have a picture on there at the moment of a figure dressed as Jesus in a Middle Eastern setting standing beside an Aston Martin sports car and talking to the driver, a rich young man. And the rich young man came to ask Jesus how could he inherit eternal life? And Jesus recited some of the Ten Commandments and the man said he kept them scrupulously. He probably had. And then Jesus dealt the devastating blow. You lack one thing. You've missed the point completely. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor. Or remember the Pharisees who boasted of their scrupulous attention to tithing and to their religious ceremonies. But they earned Jesus' rebuke because they neglected what he called the weightier matters of the law. They selected only the commandments that were for them the easiest to obey. And I sometimes wonder if we often do that. We can often be quite harsh and uncaring in our condemnation of certain breaches of God's commands, particularly in the areas of sexual conduct, and forget Jesus' teaching about turning the other cheek, loving our enemies, not judging others. His teaching about loving our neighbour as ourselves in practice. Or Paul's instructions to cut out the angry words and actions, the bitterness, the rage, the slander, the greed, the acquisitiveness, the possessiveness and the pride of status and to replace them with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with and forgiving one another. If you watched the royal wedding yesterday or the service at least, you will have heard Bishop Michael Curry in his animated address say there is power in love. Power in love to heal and to lift up when nothing else can. There's power in love to show us how to live. Those are the sorts of commands that Jesus is concerned about as much as any others. There's no league table of sins. There's no league table of commands. We're called to observe all. And as we do that, we can be assured of the Spirit's presence. We're not alone. We can begin to perceive his ways, to notice his nudges. We can enjoy his peace that is the reassurance of his unending love. And we can discover his purposes for us and for others in our everyday life. So, when you see the sun, let it remind you of the Holy Spirit ever-present, giving perception, bestowing peace, creating purpose. When clouds cover your personal horizon or the darkness of despair, disappointment or difficulty makes him seem absent and uncaring. Remember that just as the sun is still there, 
ever present, whatever the weather, day or night, so too is the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. You are being nudged forward. You are safe in his hands. And there is a purpose that you alone can fulfil. Let's pray. Spirit of God, unseen as the wind, gentle as is the dove, teach us the truth and help us believe. Show us the Saviour's love. Without your help, we fail our Lord. We cannot live his way. We need your power. We need your strength following Christ each day. Amen.